Well, now we await the five red lights to go out to start the Formula One season. Hello and welcome to the A Racing Podcast. My name is Adam. Alongside me is Mitch. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And it's our first podcast. Holy crap. It's crazy. You know, this is something that I've been wanting to do for such a long time. Same here. I've been wanting to talk racing with someone over a podcast format for quite a while. You and I, though, have kind of had that relationship. We'll get into our backgrounds in a moment, but, you know, I was interested in the NBA, got you interested. You were super interested in racing, I got interested. Yeah. Just how it works with us. I guess so, yeah. Um, I'm still kind of holding on to Raptors' interest. I mean, they haven't had a great season so far, but that's a different story. But uh, That's the wrong sport for this podcast. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not prepared. No, no, no. Just kidding. But yeah, so we're a couple Canadians, both from the Prairies. We love racing, and yeah, I guess I'll start off with my kind of background. I was born and raised just outside of Edmonton, got into racing early on as a kid, got to sit in Jeff Gordon's number 24 DuPont Chevrolet Monte Carlo. That was pretty cool, so got into NASCAR first, then IndyCar when they did races in Edmonton. Kind of moved out here for a bit of radio career, moved to Edmonton for radio, then moved back here for TV, so... I'm part of a morning show here in Saskatoon, and uh, yeah, so I got into F1 about four years ago, I'd say. I think my first race I really got into it was when Lance Stroll, first podium for Williams in uh, Azerbaijan, but we'll get to that in the future. That's what really got me into racing, so, or into Formula One specifically, and yeah, that's kind of my backstory. Mitch, tell us a bit about yourself. Oh man, where do I start? It's been a wild ride. Uh, Adam and I met when he worked here in radio i was also a news reporter for five years at the radio stations here in saskatoon um prior to that i was doing work out in alberta as well northern alberta um but then i got out of broadcasting and changed my career to become an architectural technologist drawing buildings for a living just as fun but i like i said to my wife the other day you know i've gotten paid to read write and draw basically in my career so far so that's pretty sweet but uh when it comes down to racing like i said you know i I got adam into the basketball adam got me to dive in really heavily into racing i was watching nascar on sundays i was watching f1 all the time so kind of similar scenario uh three or four years ago got into it i mean i'd always as a kid seen the race on like TSN really early in the morning. Oh yeah. But uh, never really followed it that closely until I got older. And yeah, I can't even remember what my first race would have been that I really started paying attention to it. But it was in the era, similar to you, kind of in that first season of Lance Stroll to, well, I guess that was, what was that, 2018, 2017? Uh, yeah, about 2017, I'd say. Yeah. yeah, mine's probably 2018 is my first heavy dive into f1 <laughs> but welcome to the podcast the uh the great downward spiral into the world of f1 oh my goodness just like the money down the toilet for those teams we and our lives well you get it yeah <laughs> uh so anyways our, our podcast format kind of um we'll, we'll kind of give you an idea of how it works so we'll be recording during race weeks for formula one preview podcasts will be coming out uh, on the friday we'll kind of do a bit of uh feature kind of thing such as uh, interviews or some kind of other feature we're going to have like a drive to survive kind of recap coming up in the future uh, something like that and then we're going to have kind of a track preview talk about the news of the week 
and then just kind of mention some of the other big races going on around mainly North America, but who knows, maybe there's something else huge going on around the world. So that's kind of the idea for the preview podcast. The recap podcast we're going to do on the Tuesday, That's what they'll be released, recapping the race, talking about the major storylines out of the race, recapping standings, and a look at NASCAR and IndyCar here in North America, and a special segment we're going to call CanCon, where you look at Canadian content around the racing world. So not just F1, but we're talking like minor racing leagues, you know, sports leagues around the world. So racing leagues around the world, not sports leagues. That'd be a long podcast. I was going to say, we don't have time for that. Uh, Yeah, that would be like a five-hour podcast. So yeah, that's kind of the idea for the podcast. And as always, remember, first-timers, go easy on us. Yeah, go easy on us, but please subscribe. (laughs) <laughs> well, we'll we will be getting a bit better as time goes on. Um, we're just kind of, you know, getting into the flow of things. And you guys get to be here for the special part where we start from scratch. You get to hear us grow. You get to hear us stumble and bumble and rumble and blah, 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 like that. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when those guys were, uh, you know, stumbling and bumbling all over the place. Yeah. Well, you know, now they're a big deal. Now they're uh, now they're getting the big free bucks. Should we explain to people what Formula One is? Oh, yeah. Anytime you think about racing and you think about open wheel, not looking like a regular car, more like a, what would you call it? Like a jet? Yeah. Um, the amount of downforce it generates is like a upside down plane. So, I mean, it's kind of like the peak of motorsports in the world. Um, I mean, it's a formula. It's kind of the premier formula series in the world. So you're going to see crazy speeds, wild amount of downforce in some of those cars. And unfortunately, we learned last year the crashes can be quite quite dramatic, which kind of I'm interested to see. We'll touch on it a little later about the new track added this year in Saudi Arabia called Jeddah, the Jeddah GP. But that's expected to have an average lap speed of uh, 250 kilometers per hour. Most people listening to this, if you're in Canada, you look down at your speedometer, sometimes your car only goes up to 240. So imagine just flying down the road and taking a about eh, just over 90 degree turn at around 230. I, I Yeah, nope. <laughs> I'll be the person in the stands cheering them on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so there are 10 teams in Formula One, uh, 20 drivers, so two drivers a team. They compete for the driver's championship individually. And then the teams compete for a Constructors' Championship. And it's been pretty dominated by one team. And I think, you know, we should probably start off by kind of going... I would probably say best to worst from last year. Why not? Let's start with the winners. Seven years in a row, sandbagging it in preseason testing. Eight years in a row this year, we don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's probably going to happen, let's face it. Yeah, that team is Mercedes, by the way. They've won every year uh, since they introduced hybrid engines back in 2014. And they've got, I mean, they've got arguably the best driver ever, maybe. Mr. Lewis, Sir Lewis Hamilton. Sir Lewis Hamilton. He was just dubbed a Sir this year. Well, 2020. Yeah. I mean, off season. <laughs> off season. We're, we're just enter- entering the end of the winter break for these teams. Got everybody getting back to racing. So, yeah, I would say Lewis Hamilton is definitely ranks up as the best driver if not still tied with michael schumacher yeah yeah he's still yeah he, he has the most wins most polls 
and he's tied for the most driver championships in Formula One history. So if there's a favorite for this season, it's most definitely Lewis Hamilton. But again, and do I dare touch on this? Is it the driver? Or is it the car? Oh, no. <laughs> Don't start on that. Oh, no. no if, for those of you who aren't familiar with Formula One, if you talk to anybody who's a fan, likely 90% of the people you talk to will hate Lewis Hamilton. Yep. Because of the fact he's won so much. Yep. They will say it's the car, not the driver. Yep. Especially with George Russell racing as well as he did last year. We'll touch on that in a moment. Yep. But he has good people. Like, oh, yeah. To get to this level of Formula One, you got to be good to get there. So for him to be there so long, consistent for so long, and win so much, it's the driver people. And and, and if you look at it, he's got the same car as one other person. So even if they ha- he has the best car, he's still got to beat his teammate, um, which he's done all but one year in Mercedes. Um, and Nico! his t- Yeah, Nico Rosberg. Oh, got to love it. Um, and, but uh, the teammate he's been schooling the last few years... Um, I mean, not saying that he's bad driver. He's he's definitely had his wins in the last few years. Um, but that's one Val- Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, Valtteri. What did, what to say about Valtteri, man? He's had a tough go of it, and I know we hinted a little bit at having a drive to survive uh, kind of recap. But man, like to be the teammate of Lewis Hamilton again, with that exception of Nico, who was able to somehow beat him. In the span of a season, Valtteri has had good qualifying sessions, poor race. Poor qualifying, you know, good race, but still, you look at last year, Lewis finished with 347 points to become the seven-time world champion. Valtteri Bottas was 124 back at 223. That's crazy. Like that, to put that into perspective, I guess, for first place, if you get the fastest lap and finish first, you get 26 points. Valtteri would have had to win 10 races just to make up that gap if there was another 10 races on top of what they already raced with Lewis Hamilton not getting any points at all in all those races. That is a lot of work, but I guess that's what happens in your face seeing arguably the best driver ever. But you know what? This year, we're, I'm really hopeful that we got a competition from the second team. Team that finished second last year, they looked really good in testing, although testing doesn't mean anything. This is the team, well, it's Red Bull. If you go on their social media channel, every once in a while they post this video where like they're climbing the side of a mountain with one of their race cars, and it's like, or like they had one really cool video where like the pit crew did a tire change in zero gravity, which is freaking awesome. Yeah, they finished second last year. They haven't actually won the championship since 2013, so it's been a long time. They had a pretty big stretch of four years where they won the championship, but I mean they've face the Bisa Mercedes so um, they've got two very talented drivers this year though uh, led by the guy who finished third in the championship last year Mr. Max Verstappen Max 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 Super Max 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 there's a meme on YouTube for that you can search it up after but yeah Max Verstappen has kind of been their poster child uh, for the last several years that last championship winning season when they had Sebastian Vettel again that was their previous poster child. Max came in being the youngest driver. Team principal Christian Horner said, you know, that he wanted to make him the youngest driver champion in Formula One. There's a reason why. He's that good. The last several years, his teammates haven't been able to live up to what he's been able to do in that car. Lots of people say it's because the car is tuned towards Max. But this year, coming to the guy 
who's now filling that second seat. Talk about the hottest seat in Formula One. Oh, I mean, again, Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, that's a, that's a hot seat. But for Red Bull, the expectations are there. They want to win another drivers' championship. They want to win a constructors' championship. Part of having that come to fruition is a second driver, which in this case is Sergio Perez. Checo. Checo. Viva Mexico. Oh. Um, coming in from a long stint with Racing Point. Slash Force India. Slash now Aston Martin. It's confusing. It's confusing. <laughs> but to go over seven years with that team and essentially, well, I mean, kind of be rudely shown the door yeah a little bit yeah it was a little hard way like the a couple of years ago he signed a contract extension that would have carried him through this season but then last year with sebastian vettel leaving ferrari aston martin was kind of like eh we'll take seb yeah let's have checo without a seat and of course i know us as fans are kind of feeling it because check was a driver that's been around for so long he's been so consistent with racing point last year he finished fourth in the drivers' championship, that's the first, the highest finish he's ever had. He got his first win at Secure Grand yeah. Prix and Bahrain. He's got a lot to fill this year with Red Bull. He, he's pretty infamous with being able to take a, a good car and make it great. He's had quite a few podiums in cars that don't deserve to be up there, and so this is his first real opportunity in a car that competes for wins regularly. And it's, I cannot wait to find out how he does because. If he does as well as he does with midfield cars and takes them up to podium, like we could see him battling Verstappen for quite a few wins, and and who knows what we could have a three or four way fight for a championship, which I could, like I'm really excited for that if that happens. Um, That's what we want. Oh yes, absolutely. But with Checo, he's also the tire whisperer. I've, yes, I don't think we've seen a driver in Formula One in the last several years well definitely in the hybrid era who's been able to save his tires and make the most out of them as Sergio Perez which you think about that like you said to be able to drag a midfield team upper midfield team to the podium a few times a year and win last year Mm -hmm. you're now given the second best car on the grid yep and you're a tire manager they're always competing with pit stops between Mercedes and Red Bull the rivalry is huge this year in the results of the races how does that play yeah uh, and that that win he got in secure there was a crash in lap one he was in last place after that crash had to take a i think he had to get a uh, i don't know if he had to replace his wing but he had to get tires changed because he spun out but yeah he was last place in 18th and it looked like you know i mean it, it was looked like a real tough challenge ahead but he made his way through the pack Passed everybody, got a little bit lucky with the Mercedes having terrible pitting, but that's a different <laughs> talk, story. Talk about uh, falling off a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like he, he tore his way through the field, and that's how he won. Like he managed his tires so well that, yeah, he, he is a tire whisperer, and it's going to be amazing to see how it all kind of plays out. Absolutely. I guess now let's go to the midfield, which has been the most exciting thing the last couple of years, because uh, usually it's Mercedes pulls way ahead and then yawn. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, the midfield is going to be quite um, an entertaining uh, group. We'll start with uh, the team that finished third last year in the final race of the season, in fact. Just because of an oil pressure failure. Come on. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, they still had to finish in the points, so. I guess, yeah. Um, and that's McLaren. So, um, they had a few really rough years um, when they were powered by Honda engines. Like, they really sucked. Back, back of the pack, engine failures, it was really rough. You had Fernando Alonso, who is back in F1, but he was like a, a three-time F1, or two-time F1 champ, screaming on the radio, like, my car sucks, pretty much. But now, <laughs> I mean, that's a bit of an... Ex- to, uh, to, to put it bluntly, yeah. Yeah, quite sucks. blunt. Um, but yeah, no, they, they had a rough run. And last year, they had quite a big kind of a re-emergence. Um, as I mentioned, they finished third. Um, they had a, quite a few podiums. Um, Lando Norris, who is one of the guys who's... Or the, the one guy who stuck around this year, um, got the first podium. Carlos Sainz, who moved on, got, I think, at least... I think he had the just one yeah, podium as well. the second place of Monza behind Pierre. Yes, and we will get to Pierre in, in a little bit. But um, yeah, McLaren's probably the f- team to beat again this year just because, I mean, they've got a strong car. They now have a Mercedes engine. They had Renault last year, but they moved to Mercedes this year. The Papaya Mercedes. The Papaya Mercedes. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I mean, we had the pink Mercedes last year. Now that's the green Mercedes. Yep. We have Racing black point. Mercedes yep. in actual Mercedes. Yep. And now we've got a papaya Mercedes. <laughs> I, I like it. I, I'm going to use that. Do we count Williams as a Mercedes? Um, I don't, still I don't think we really count that as anything, okay. do we? <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting off. Though. For McLaren, you know, again, fresh off a third place finish in the Constructors Championship. Talk about an exciting addition, too. Mm-hmm. Long time driver again out of the Red Bull program, had so many years at Red Bull, then switched to Renault. Struggled with Renault just because I don't think the car was up to snuff. They weren't able to get it back to that championship winning team. Got a couple of podiums last year, mm-hmm. including a shoe with Lewis Hamilton, which yes. Lewis said he would never do. Yeah, but the man we're talking about is Daniel Ricciardo. Danny Rick. Talk about an exciting addition to a McLaren team that is on the cusp of. Getting back to glory, and if it's he gonna, can make yeah. something happen in that car this year, and I mean, sure, everybody talks about oh, Lando, Danny, their characters off the track. Oh, it, it's gonna it's, be the most hilarious year in McLaren history. Oh, it's gonna be so great! Like, um, I they released the F one kind of preview video, like the rolls out ahead of the races on the broadcast, and you got everybody with like a serious face, and then you got Danny just full out smile, and you're like, okay. This guy seems like a lot of fun, um, and then Lando, um, you're mentioning kind of their kind of humor side of things. He's a huge Twitch guy, all about kind of the gaming side of things, and he streams a bunch of stuff online. and And he just was kind of the goofball with. Uh, He's our boy. Let's oh yeah, it that way. Lando. Oh, so good. Last lap, Lando. He had uh, the first race this season. He ended up pulling out the best lap of the race in a midfield car to get his first ever podium, and it was. I mean, he's just kind of a, a fan favorite, you'd say. So, and this is only his third season. In yeah, F1. this is his third season, which is quite crazy to think. Feels like he's been around a lot longer, and yet it's still like he's still kind of so new. I know it's like, <laughs> who is this guy again? Oh yeah, Lando. Oh wait, Lando. Yeah, no, it's going to be so interesting to see how this guy's maybe take maybe even take the fight to the front too by the end of the season. Who knows? Tough to say. I guess it, it all depends kind of on what they were able to do with incorporating that Mercedes engine. For those of you not familiar with F1, we'll probably get into this few, way in the future. But for those who do know, F1 this year with the regulation changes and wanting people to 
race closer, especially through the corners, have less dirty air. They only were allowed to spend two tokens to make changes to their car. McLaren had to spend the two tokens just on the engine yep. and couldn't actually change any part of their car while everybody else did. So what factor does that play into it? And is just the engine being added to that car after being partnered with Renault for so long, does that pull them that much closer? And now, again, we talked about Red Bull bringing the fight to Mercedes. Does McLaren bring the fight to Red Bull? And what would that do to Red Bull if all of a sudden McLaren's finishing second and third? Oh man, I this is why we love F1. <laughs> There's so many different scenarios that could happen. So much to talk about. It usually ends up boring, but the last couple of years it hasn't. Um, and speaking of, I guess not boring, I don't know, I was trying to transition there. Let's get to the next team. We're talking Aston Martin. Now this is one of two teams that have renamed from last year. This one, um, as you we were mentioning earlier, uh, they used to be Force India. They've had quite a wild few years Um their owner in, in for, with Force India, I think he had like some criminal charges against him. Had to relinquish the team. The team looked like it was not going to exist. Then Lawrence Stroll, who's um, Canadian Lawrence Stroll, he Canadian sweeps in. Yeah, Canadian billionaire. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we wish. Somebody, you know, somebody kind of, um, I was hearing somebody kind of commenting on it. Kind of looks like a, a bad guy in like a Bond movie. And it's like, well, it kind of seems fitting for Aston Martin. He's a mafia boss. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Mafia boss. Okay, well, that's a little extreme. But, uh, <laughs> a Canadian, the Canadian mafia. We'll say sorry when we take your money. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Canadian mafia kind of sounds like an oxymoron, though. <laughs> True. We're too nice. Yeah, we're too nice to do that. Uh, but anyways, uh, kind of came in, gave him a bunch of money to kind of keep them alive, renamed it Racing Point. Then after about another year and a half, he bought a stake, uh, significant stake in uh, Aston Martin, renamed the team Aston Martin. It's got kind of a nice, you know, the Aston Martin kind of look. It's got this um, nice shade of green. They had Daniel Craig doing the whole launch. And um, the team has been known as that scrappy underdog that's kind of punched above their weight. They had that win last year with Checo. He's, of course, gone now. They finished fourth last year. It's just seven points back of McLaren. And their new guy, you know, adding just a new face to the roster, you know, just a four-time champion. You think he'll be able to grow his hair back? <laughs> God, I hope he does. That would be amazing. Man, that picture that you see online. Sebastian him Vettel, in a Ferrari, full head of hair, oh. leaves, and he's got basically the grandpa cut. Just yeah. hair on the sides. Yep. Almost fully bald on the top. Yeah. It's kind of sad <laughs> to see Seb in such a state, but again, like you said, it's exciting. He's now with Aston Martin. They've been able to do so much. This is the first Mercedes-powered car he's ever driven. That's crazy. In being an F1. So what is he able to do with that? But for me, Aston Martin's kind of a toss-up at the same time because, like, again, testing is testing. Yep. They, they had quite the door, a bit of struggle. Put it in a garbage bag. Chuck it away. Yeah. Because it really doesn't matter. But we, we only had three days of testing this year due to the whole COVID situation. And, and Vettel didn't really get a lot of time to test on the track, even though, again, testing doesn't mean anything. You still need to get a little bit of a feel of the car. And he had problems, I think, two of the three days. One of the days we had a sandstorm. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I hope... Learning a new car, too. Like, we yeah. thought we didn't touch on it too much with Checo, but Sergio Perez did talk about how challenging it is to learn 
a new car in Red Bull and how he's still coming to terms with it, how well is Seb able to, you know, as much as he's got vast experience, you know, to come to a new team, all the buttons on the steering wheel are different, sitting in the car, as much as it's the same seat, yeah, feel a little different, it responds differently. And it's all after what was a really tough year with Ferrari. I mean, he was definitely the number two driver, and you could tell there was a lot of animosity between the two, uh, between the driver and the team. Um, so, I mean, yeah. There's a reason, like, when in Drive to Survive, just a short little spoiler from Drive to Survive, they were talking to Charles Leclerc about his new clothing line that got squashed by Ferrari. And they weren't supposed to talk about it, but Seb didn't care because he's leaving. <laughs> so he just said, no, Puma wouldn't let him. We have a clothing deal. It's not going to happen. I don't care. I'm leaving. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. He, he he was ready to go. Yeah. He was just like, whatever. I, I, I'm out the door. I know I am. So I can say whatever I want. But he will have to be careful with the guys going against because it turns out it's the owner's son, yeah. Mr. Lance Stroll. Um, he is, of course, Canadian as well. Um, he's he's had some good results in the past. Is he got a podium in a Williams, which seems insane considering Williams has been terrible the last few years. They've been pretty far down. Yeah, that was um, like the last good years. Yeah, that was the last real decent year for the team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he he's kind of like the paid driver that everyone's kind of taken shots at. He's had some decent performances, and if he performs what how he can, he performs pretty decent. But um. Like he, he had a pole, he had a pole position last yeah. year in Turkey, Turkish Grand Prix. And yeah, if it wasn't that's one you talk about Mercedes pit stops. I mean racing points, mm-hmm. not Mercedes. But had the tire management been a little better, and I mean obviously conditions were really tricky. That's where the the meme about the inter slicks came out. Yeah, of having partially slick tires. With just the inter grooves on the edges of the tire. Yeah. Because by the end of the race, that's all anybody had. Everybody was sliding around. Quite a challenging race weekend. But that was the race that Lance, if you look back on interviews from the season, felt could have been his first win. Uh, so close to his first win. But uh, yeah, it was it, to give you kind of a perspective of how weird it was, it was just raining enough where they couldn't go onto their slick tires. But it was dry enough where kind of the tires started to turn into slick tires. It was a, a weird phenomenon that most of us had never seen. And it was cold. Yeah, it, and it was very it was... cold as well. So you don't have a lot of grip to begin with. So, um, yeah, like Lance led for, I think, more than half the race. But then just kind of fell apart and I think finished like maybe sixth or seventh. Like it was a tough finish for him. But he's, again, like Lance Stroll... As much as people will say, oh, he's only has a seat because of daddy's money, only whatever because of blah, 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 blah. He is a talented driver. Like, he won the F4 championship. He won the F3 championship. Yep. Sure, he didn't go to F2, but... Yeah, I think this is probably going to be the year where he kind of needs to prove himself because Vettel's had some kind of rough couple years, and I think he needs to prove that he could be a number one driver. And we'll see if he does that this year. Yes, we will. Yeah. Um, looking ahead to the other team that's got a new name, and this is how you pronounce it, Alpine. It's not Alpine, which is how it looks like. It's French. Yeah. What? Really? <laughs> Alpine. It, I mean, you look at their car. It's, yeah. Like, oh, it like is. Like the yeah. which we'll get to later. Side note, though, <laughs> I think that's the best looking car 
the Alpine. It's my favorite pretty. car. It, it's it's pretty. Probably one of my favorite cars the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, they were Renault last season, um, but they went to kind of their French. Um, well, it's a French group anyways, but they kind of went to um, more historic kind of racing team that has Renault engines. Um, they had a pretty good year last year, as we mentioned with uh, Ricardo. He had a couple of podiums. Esteban Ocon. And Esteban Ocon had the, had the other podium as well. He's had he's shown some strong uh, abilities. He, they were also in that fight for third in the final race of the season, but they were pretty far out um, and ended up finishing fifth. Um, and Ocon is great and all. As I said, he kind of is like a Mercedes kind of waiting driver. Uh, like he's Mercedes has their eye on him. He's not the big name this year on the team. Mr. Newbie, well, not really Newbie. Um, <laughs> are you kidding me? He's a young driver. What are you yeah. talking about? You this know, he can be allowed to drive a young the driver's reincarnation test. of the two-time world champion. <laughs> I mean, it's the same guy. Yeah, it's the same guy, uh, Mr. Fernando Alonso. Fernando Alonso. Yeah, what, what to say about Fernando, hey? Uh, oh. He's had quite the career. Adam mentioned it a little bit earlier, you know, how he had those rough years with McLaren kind of before he left F1 in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. But he won his two championships back with Renault. That was, I think, 04 and 06, I believe. Yeah, with this very team. But since then, you know, again, rough years with McLaren. Leaves F1 to go race in uh, IndyCar. Uh, he was in the World Endurance Championship. He raced Le Mans, and actually he won the Le Mans 24-hour race while he was away for a second time. He won yep. it once previous, and he won the World Endurance Championship. So the winning didn't stop for Fernando. He's extremely it talented. Hasn't stopped. Yeah. And even yet, there's been articles released so far before this season even starts saying that with him quoted as saying, I am better than Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Yeah. Um, Which, mentioned that. Yeah, he mentioned that, that one. Will, but. Yeah, you mentioned that one at the BBC in an interview, and I... Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, but you know what? Like, he might not be wrong. Like, in, if, if if you put him in the same vehicle as Lewis, who knows? Like, he... Get the he, teammates back together again for 2022? <laughs> <laughs> they yes. started together in McLaren. Well, Lewis started in McLaren well, with... Fernando kind of came in, I think, just after Lewis left. They raced one year together. Did they have one year together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think that was the and year. And then they split. Okay, that was the year they split. We're not experts. We're not We're not absolute experts. We're but, just um, crazy super fans. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. To a certain level. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm quite interested to see how Alpine does. I really hope they do a good job. Talk about Esteban Ocon, though. Like, yeah. Danny Ricardo, number one driver. You're number two after a year hiatus. Do pretty good. Thinking, okay, I'm going to have a new next new teammate next year. Might be the number one driver. And then you see the name that's coming back. And you just think, <laughs> second seat. Like Max last year, taking around that third place podium post-press conference chair with him everywhere. Because he was so used to it. Yeah, just... Just uh, the two chair with you, Esteban. But it's okay. Well, we'll you know what? what? Yeah, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe by the end of the year, he emerges as a better driver. We've got 23 races to learn. So, um, yeah, we'll... Pending. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> COVID pending. Next one up, it's kind of surprising to say this team's sixth because that's where they finished last year. The worst position in a long time for this team, Ferrari. They, of course, are the team that anyone thinks of. You, you say Formula One, you think of that red Ferrari roaring around the track. The Michael Schumacher just 
tearing it up. Heck, Canadian. Uh, I think Jacques Villeneuve was it Jacques or Gilles? Ja- uh, Jacques Villeneuve had one year, I think, with Ferrari. right. And I think Gilles might have had some years with uh, um, Ferrari as well. But um, yeah, they the last year it was really tough for them. They had two podiums, one for each driver. Vettel actually had one. That was the one at uh, Turkey in that wild race. Um, but that was kind of like a fluke because, again, it was just a completely wild race. That could have been almost a 2-3 for Ferrari if Charles hadn't binned it on the final two turns. Yeah, <laughs> well, tried, tried to make a move happen and just missed everything and, and, and lost two positions. Yeah. And, and, yeah, speaking of that, that's kind of like Charles Leclerc. The I would probably say like the driver that will take them back to the promised land. At least that's the plan for him. That's their belief. I mean, you don't just see him come to Ferrari after a couple of years in Alfa Romeo and sign a five-year contract, the longest contract extension that any Ferrari driver has ever signed. You don't just sign that and think, oh yeah, he's just going to be a good driver for us. He's their future. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. And they're hoping that this year, C-squared, as they've dubbed it, yeah. Carlos and Charles, are able to kind of take them back to that plateau with the front runners of Formula One. Um, but it's tough to say because again, Ferrari this year has had an engine upgrade, major engine upgrade come through. Yeah, it should be interesting to see the C squared uh, compete for. They could finish anywhere between third and seventh. I feel, a- and I think we should now go on to that team that finished seventh last year because they looked strong again. Who c- testing is unreliable, but they looked pretty strong in it. And that team is Alpha Tauri, uh, and Alpha Tauri is led by one of the top i'd say young drivers uh, out there pierre gasly who had a win at monza um and he's looked extremely strong since he lost his seat in red bull i think midway through um not the last season but the season before season. yeah the 19 season yeah it was a, it was kind of a crazy situation to go from toro rosso be called up into the big main team after danny rick left uh, to renault and then really i mean Half a season is tough yeah. amount of time to come to grips with a new car, really getting used to driving it. I feel like I feel they shortchanged him. Yeah. Um, but then to go to Alex Albon after that, you know, and then he goes back to Toro Rosso and drives just as well as he did before he left. Yeah. Just shows how good of a driver he is, and I'm excited to see now, especially with their new engine upgrade this year, to see how well Pierre can do and how far up the order he can drag that car. And quick background, Albon was in the Red Bull car for about a year and a half. He's now the reserve driver. I think he's even doing some like DTM racing in Germany. But yeah, he looked like he was struggling in the Red Bull. So it kind of proved that Gasly wasn't, it, it wasn't just Gasly's talent. He is talented. He just had, you know, it t- takes a while to adjust to a car like a Red Bull. But talk about being thrown into the fire in that case. Yeah. Newbie alert. We got Yugi Sonoda yes, coming in. Yes, one of he the had, three rookies this year. And I mean, yeah, like you said earlier, testing, throw it away. Yep. But second fastest lap in the last session, only a few hundredths behind Max. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? He, he looked awesome. If they can do that this year, it could be the Mercs at the top and the both Red Bulls. I'm imagining this scenario. Yuki Sonoda coming out the final turn at Suzuka Raceway. Japan, the Japanese driver driving for the Japanese Honda race car, winning if, it. If we oh. get fans back by then, 
Oh my gosh, that would be crazy. <laughs> Pandemonium yeah. in Japan. So that, that, that could be quite interesting to see how that all plays out with that team. And as I mentioned earlier, I mean, you just spin a wheel. Who knows who could be? Who, yeah. who knows who could win? And Yuki's had, like, again, he hasn't been in racing for super long. He won the last race of the season last year in F2 racing for Carlin. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, he hasn't really had a ton of experience. And to get a Formula One seat, it's going to be really exciting just to see what he does right. moving forward. But now... Let's kind of reach the bottom. Yeah, we've reached the bottom. You're, these guys <laughs> are gonna, there's three teams left. Yeah, three teams left. We're gonna kind of run through them a bit quicker because you won't be seeing them at the top ten very much. Heck, we might have a scenario where we got three teams with zero points. That'd be really terrible. I hope that doesn't happen. But unless um, there's a surprise. Well, yeah. Well, I'd say the be- the most likely to have a surprise would be Alpha Romeo. They finished eighth last year. Um, they're 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 the junior team of Ferrari. Um, that's where Charles Leclerc used to be before he joined Ferrari. Uh, in there right now, they do have their Italian driver Antonio Giovinazzi. He he's got some talent, but he's had a lot of races where he just hasn't shown it. It's him, and then you've got the kind nice of the weird. Yeah, the, I'd probably <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen, who I would probably say is the most unique character in Formula One, where he's like understated humor. In a way, he cares, but when you talk to him in the media, he doesn't care. Yeah. like if that I, makes sense. I think Drive to Survive, um, which we've been mentioning a few times. By the way, that's a Netflix show. You should probably mention that. All about Formula One. Yes. It's a great show to watch if you're brand new to F1. But he was like, I think second season, they were like, so what, why, do you, why are you doing this? He's like, I like to race cars. And it was like, okay. And he is actually won a world championship. That was a long time ago in Lo- when Lotus was with NF1. That was a long time ago. That, is, that feels forever ago. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, so they're they're expected to, you know, if there was a team out of the bottom three that would have the best chance, it's probably them. A, a team I don't think will have much of a chance at all is up next, and that's Haas. They finished ninth last year. Wow. Uh, the, the other... Uh, Ferrari junior team. When you come into a season, you say we're not going to make any upgrades. Yeah, they they they've already announced that they're pretty much sticking with what they have right now for the whole season because the next year being an upgrade season. Like they they are a very like loyal team with each other. Like they are um they really like to work together. Uh, like not but kind of behind the scenes. I mean, um, not a lot of turnover. But the the big turnover this year is in the driver seats. And really, you talk. We talked earlier, hinted at mm-hmm. Formula One being a pay-to-play kind of arena. Yeah, really, that's what it came down to for Haas. Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen, their previous drivers who have been there for years, picked up some good finishes. I think Grosjean had a fifth-place finish with them in the early years of Haas. Just didn't have the money. Yeah, they just didn't have the money, and they do have one. So. They have two rookies. Um, one of them has gotten high, uh, the spotlight for... It, it's kind the of right reasons and one for the well, wrong It's funny reasons. because the guy who's taken the spotlight has been kind of the guy that... Ever, it's probably the most controversial guy we've had into Formula 1 in a while, and that's uh, Nikita Mazepin. There was a, a very unfortunate incident in the offseason. Um, it, it, it wasn't pretty, and there wasn't really any... Apo- uh, I mean, there was an apology, but... But is it... Is he really sorry? Yeah, that the, <laughs> that's the question. I mean, you yeah, take, you take a man at his word. There is some inappropriate to touching, let's just say. 
Um, yeah. And and there was an apology, but it, it didn't seem as sincere. The team told them or said that they went through some um, kind of learning afterwards from the team and training. But there's been this uh, "We Say No to Mazepin" campaign on social media to say, you know, we don't want this guy in our sport. His dad also is a big funder of the team. Um, it's a Russian company, which is why you'll see if you look at like the American team and you see Russian flags on it. That's the they're they're a big reason why Nikita Mazepin and his dad. Now again, their sponsor, your alkali, their colors aren't red and blue. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of the part that threw everybody off. I think it's green and red, isn't it? Yeah, if, yeah, I think it's green and red. Yeah, which is why when everybody saw the car, they're like, "Well, no doubt you tried to make it look like a Russian flag." Yeah, but. I mean, you talk about him stealing a spot. It is even just more so than just the inappropriate touching incident or whatever happened in that realm. Yeah. The guy openly said in an interview that he's going to do whatever it takes to win. Rules he's a very, or no rules. He's a very aggressive driver. Um, he he's runs people in off the, two. the road. Yeah. I, well, well. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Which is going to be... See, I, I'm really interested to see how he plays out with his other teammate. Who is a name that many people? Well, I mean, he's just synonymous with Formula One. Schumacher is back, but it's Mick Schumacher, Michael's son, Formula Two world champion last year. And I mean, he looked very strong. I really hope he has a good first year in F1, even if it isn't any points. I think that's, and we'll get to our bold predictions for the season <laughs> very soon. Here. Yes, but I think he'll be able to drag that car. End of the points a few times. I hope so. I don't think there will be three point three teams with zero points. I think Mick is gonna make it happen. Nice. Um, he's he's just an all around consistent driver, uh, smart when mm-hmm. it comes to pit strategies and managing his car and his tires and everything like that. Right. So, um, I'll be interested to see, and I'm intrigued to see how he fares in a Formula One car because. Like, does it just run in your blood when your dad's a seven-time world champion? And that's yeah. all you've ever done with your life? Exactly. So um, that should be quite interesting to check out. Um, let's talk about kind of the, the other team. The, the the final team in our, to- our, our list of ten. With the most to gain! Yes. You know, Williams, they are... They, they were a mom-and-pop team kind of owned by Claire Williams... Or not Claire Williams, Frank Williams. Um, Claire kind of ran the team. They sold the team last year because they just didn't have the money um, to a uh, American uh, company. They've been at the back. They haven't gotten a point in more than two years. Like it's, it's been tough. And you know, like, like the, the, we all want to see them win. Um, they they've, do. They've been close. They've been so close. If you to t- a point or not win, sorry. I mean, if, oh, if they won, <laughs> if they won a race this year, I'll eat my shoe. Return to glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. There, there, there's your promise. Uh, if they win a race, I will eat a shoe. Mitch will film it, and you'll be like, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll post it on the socials. Yeah. You uh, won't miss that. Don't worry. Oh, God. What have I done? Uh, anyways, <laughs> the guy most likely to make me eat my shoe is Mr. George Russell, who... Again, heck of a race last oh. year. In the he, secure, yeah, Grand he filled Prix. in for Lewis Hamilton who had COVID. Um, it's secure, had a great race, Just oh. and then during a pit stop, the team messed up the tires and gave him half his and half Valtteri Bottas's tires. So he had to come back into pit again, lost all his track position, raced his way back forward, and then had a phantom tire go down. And it was just like, oh, puncture, yeah, apparently. 
Uh, so he hasn't gotten any points with Williams his two years he's been with them, but he is probably most likely to get that. And last year at, was it Imola? Was racing 10th in a safety car. Actually, he was, I think he was in the lead, wasn't he? He was the first car behind the safety car. I thought he was in 10th because everybody was like, oh, he's in the points. There's only a few laps left. It's a safety car. Once it ends, he just has to hold it down and hold Kimi behind him. And then being on hard tires and trying to keep him warm, he yep. just overcooked it and went right into the wall. And and just binned it. And you could just see after he got out of the car, he just it was just sad. A year of heartbreak for George Russell. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what? Cars. Yeah, and but he's got a lot of promise. And the guy beside him um is the other Canadian in the field. That's Nicholas Latifi. I most people you know <laughs> there's not a whole lot to mention about him. He he's had a he's had some good performances. I think at that race at Monza, he finished eleventh. He's that had was a, his highest finish of the year. Yeah, he had a couple of pretty good finishes, but it's not really a, like he doesn't get a lot of coverage at all. So there's not really a lot to mention. <laughs> he's like most of us Canadians. Yeah. He kind of yeah. just you know sits in the shadows, does his job. <laughs> when the acclaim comes, he's kind of like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> he likes Nutella. I know that. <laughs> yeah he puts like he is like fridge nutella he loves his nutella it fun and, facts about f1 drivers we'll have to have an episode oh man that'd be fun <laughs> maybe we'll get him on the podcast hey there's an idea dreaming big <laughs> in the first episode exactly but I, man williams <laughs> if they can just even get a points finish this year well, let's take that as a start so they're doing kind of something interesting this year they're tailoring their vehicles to a few races basically they're like maximizing their um cars for a few certain tracks they haven't really said which tracks obviously but they're pretty much sacrificing some races knowing that they could perform well at some others which is a a bit of an interesting move because usually you know you want to make sure you have the best car at every circuit but williams is now kind of going okay you know what we're going to throw away some races and just do best we can for a few of them all in yeah, yeah exactly. Obviously, they're going to drive as hard as they can on those cars, but they're going to maximize the cars for some certain tracks. So, Which, I mean, if you get good points finishes, and that could mean the difference between 10th and 7th in the constructors? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, the, or 8th, yeah. I mean, it, it should be interesting. But yeah, so uh, quickly before we kind of get to this first race of the season, we had a bunch of stuff to talk about, but we... Are kind of going a little bit over so far. We can kind of maybe touch on it as as the season goes on. Your quick hits. We got 23 races this year. That's the most ever in Formula One in a season. Um, that includes to the Netherlands, to the Dutch GP. Oh boy! It's got a lot of banking, which I'm looking forward to seeing with Formula One cars. Mm-hmm. I've done that in the video game. It's so much fun. Zandvoort. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it's like a roller coaster. I feel so. It should be a lot of fun. We're going back to Imola. That'll be, the, I think, the second race of the year. Portugal as well. That was a pretty popular race because that was also like a roller coaster. A lot of up and down and up and down. And as uh, Mitch was mentioning earlier, we're going to Saudi Arabia for the Jeddah GP. That track looks extremely fast. A melted butter knife. Yeah, it is. It, it looks. <laughs> That's what the memes online say. Anyway, I, I, I feel like it looks like um, like you know, one of those hair hair clip hair clip. Yeah, like a hair clip. Oh yeah, kind of. I can yeah. see that. A hair yeah. clip, except you kind of bent the uh, the flat end kind of to the side a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Bottom line is, it's like a as I said earlier, two lap time average lap speed 
of 250 kilometers an hour yeah is insane yeah 27 25 to 27 25 corners, corners yeah 20, 25 corners most of which aren't really even corners it's kind of just like one big flowing road yeah but with formula one cars it's going to be really interesting to see because where the heck do you pass mm-hmm. turn one that's my bet but uh on. yeah turn one and i think that might only be it <laughs> that's the only one it's gonna be fast though um be fun to see yeah uh quick other notes covid um obviously the situation is very fluid around the world We've been able to do this first race this season. Others might be a bit more challenging. We're hoping to see them back here in Canada. But that's, that would be nice. I think that's early July. And Are we going to be vaccinated by then? We don't know. The problem with Formula 1 is that there's so much staff. Like there's, what, a couple thousand people to not just yeah. prepare the tracks, especially if it's a road course that or a street course. But then also you have all the staff and... Um, for the teams, for production teams, and all that stuff. So it's it's quite a mess, or not a mess, but a, a lot of people to kind of have flow around. Lots of coordination, for sure. Yeah, so hopefully we can get all 23 in, but don't be surprised if we lose one or two because of this whole sucky situation we're all in right now. Obviously, so. I hope that they come for their North American spin mm-hmm. and hit Canada and the United States. But man, I want to see Daniel Ricciardo and a McLaren in Australia. Well, the good news for um, the rest of the states, absolutely, I cannot wait to see that. And also Checo in Mexico. Oh, in a Red Bull. A Mexican yes. driving yeah. in a Red Bull uh, in Mexico would be amazing. But uh, the, the advantage, I guess, for the rest of North America, because um, they, they come to Canada for a race, and then they head back to Europe, and then they come down to the states, um, United States, they head down to uh, Brazil and Mexico, near the end of the season so there is time for people to get vaccinated for cases to go down so we'll see kind of how it all plays out um obviously other races of in note that could be in trouble um china's had some issues they had to move their race down further in the calendar um i i think they're planning on or considering doing testing in spain earlier this year but they had a huge issue with covid so that's why they moved it to bahrain um yeah, because usually testing is at Catalonia. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, so instead of snow, we got sandstorm. <laughs> they had a year about three or four years ago in Spain. They had snow during testing, which is fun. But yeah, so I I think we'll kind of wrap it up there for now, unless there was something else you wanted to mention. Well, I think the only thing else is is on that COVID note, we were given a treat last year of having our super sub nico hulkenberg <laughs> come in to fill in for sergio perez lance stroll a couple times and finishing the points like for a guy who's out of formula one doesn't have a seat comes back steps in like literally the one race i forget what race it was was called and just showed up to the racetrack on saturday i think it was silverstone in silverstone yeah. jumped in the car and did qualifying and then he tried to start the race, but he had some engine issue and he couldn't even start. Exactly. Um, he has the record for most starts without a win- or without a podium. He's had 179 starts and has not gotten on the top three steps. And so everyone's just come up, kind of like, come on, Nico, do it. Yeah. So we'll see if he has to fill in for anybody this year. And hopefully he can uh, finally get that podium. But otherwise, let's just look ahead. Yeah. Bahrain. Um, Bahrain. So this track, honestly, I'm really excited to have this as a season opener. Uh, Australia is usually the season opener. They had to move that one down because of cases. Um, but 
Bahrain is, uh, or Australia's had some problems when it comes to competition um, because Mercedes is usually dominant there. Bahrain, however, opens... It's a power track. It, it's a power track. It's got a bit of a technical section in the second sector, but it really is there to encourage passing. There's a lot of long straights followed by heavy braking zones, which is a perfect kind of combo of someone gaining kind of a slipstream or gaining some speed on the guy in front of them, break later than the other guy, dive into the turn, and we could actually see some like pretty good action this start of the season. Turn one there, that is the prime passing zone. I mean, you again, it was a secured Grand Prix with the outer layout of Bahrain, but you saw it with Sergio in that charge from last to first last year. That was his passing point. Like, that's where yeah. he passed everybody. Lance Stroll broke too late, went too deep. Now, quick note that the the rate there there was a difference between that one that Sergio won and this one that one is the secure Grand Prix which was a different layout this one like I um, said outer the outer layout it's more of the oval everybody yeah. who, I mean we're NASCAR fans so we were excited because it's like holy crap it's the first oval <laughs> well in air, air quotes oval it wasn't very much <laughs> an oval but it's as close as you're going to get in Formula One um but yeah so this race last year was um they raced both they raced both circuits this race um the actual circuit they're going to be racing at this weekend that this or the layout this weekend um it was kind of a a near tragedy i'd say uh with roman grosjean uh lost it off turn three got clipped by another driver went into a wall um i think it was the first race we actually watched together in person Uh, i mean uh, of like i think there was a a couple before that. Maybe a couple before. Because we watched Imola. Right, right, right. Sorry. But, um, yeah, I, I right. just don't have a memory. Um, but this one was probably the um, scariest one. Because you just see Grosjean get clipped. Goes into a wall. Kind of head first into a wall. And you just see an explosion. The race immediately red flagged. Very tense two minutes. They, they mentioned this in Drive to Survive. They have a pretty ex- extensive episode on it. And it's just such an angst, like, anxious terif- very anxious. You see people in, like, his team and Haas are, like, in tears because they're like, I hope he gets out of the car because it was on fire. The car had ripped in half. Which you don't see with the Formula One cars. Never. They always focus on that kind of, what is it, the monocoque structure yeah. that the driver sits in yep. as the thing that's going to survive any sort of impact. Yep. And to be able to take impact from a couple different directions, but it's not used to getting caught in some Aramco barriers, twisted, and essentially like sheared in half. Yeah. And the, the fire, they said, like it wasn't didn't have anything to do with the engine. It was purely just the fact that there was ignition of the gasoline from the gas tank. It must have had some sort of puncture because that is right behind the driver's seat. And this is the opening lap, so every car is full of fuel. That's why it was so big. Yeah. So thankfully after two minutes you see this amazing scene of Grosjean climbing out of the fire and the medical team who were I mean top job by them and one of the track staff who ran across the track with the fire extinguisher to provide some support they grab Grosjean as he jumps over the barrier gets off walks under his own power to the ambulance and he only suffered burns to his hands and 
he's able to race. In fact, he's racing an IndyCar this year. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was such a, it, it was weird because it was such an emotional moment. Like in terms of us, like nearly losing somebody to like a, a terrifying crash, seeing him emerge. And then you're like, oh my God, we got a full race still to watch. Yeah. And we got to repair the barriers. In the end, Lewis Hamilton did win the race. We actually had a double podium for Red Bull, which they haven't had since 2017. Um, but obviously... That was that... a Sergio Perez engine fire. Yeah. Uh, Perez <laughs> was, I think, third. Um, yep. He was sitting in third with about, what, two or three laps to go, and then his car just caught on fire. Just out of the blue, random engine failure. Yeah. He was just like, oh, there goes Sergio. Anyways. Yeah. So hopefully we get just... Uh, well, maybe not the action we got at the start of the race. Let's just have a nice clean a race clean with race lots with of some... overtakes. Thank safely. you. Yes. <laughs> I guess let's go to our bold predictions. Um, we've each kind of picked out a bold prediction we want to throw out there and see if it sticks uh, as the season goes on. Mitch, what's your bold prediction? Well, I hinted at it earlier. When you see all the memes pop up online of everybody seeing a F1 leaderboard and seeing MSC, Kimi Raikkonen's name, and Fernando Alonso and saying, what year is it? <laughs> My bold prediction is, is that Mick Schumacher is going to drag that Haas car up the order enough times that he will finish between 11th and 15th in the Drivers' Championship. Wow. Which, I mean, again, is that a big deal? He's five other drivers. That 15 to 20 is just the five other guys in those bottom three teams. But if he can get some good points finishes at certain tracks, because, again, Ferrari had an engine upgrade, mm -hmm. this could happen. Yeah. Bold okay. prediction. Interesting. Okay, I like that. As for mine, I had one and then I kind of dropped it because I, I really want to see this happen this year. For the first time since 2012, I'm calling. We have seven different winners this season. Dang. I'm going to go two the two Mercedes, obviously. The two Red Bulls. I think Perez will get at least one win in that. And then any of the other three. I, I don't want to pick the three, but... I'm going to suggest it would be... I feel like we'll see Ricardo win. I think we we'll, might see Lando win. And then I would say Alonso. But I could also see... I mean, there's so much talent in the midfield. There is, yes. And there's so many good cars in that midfield. Not just the talent, but the cars too. Like, I think we could see... And, and a 23 race schedule with a bunch of different tracks. We've seen chaos last year. I think we're going to have seven different winners this year. That would be cool. And that would be a definite change from the last several years where I think last year there was five different race winners. Yeah, we had five different winners And that was the most year. since 2012. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's crazy. Because um, yeah. uh, that's when Mercedes dominance Yeah, I, I was looking back. Started. It was like 2015, three winners. 2014, three winners. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Can somebody else please win a race. Yeah, please. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's pretty much it for uh, um, for F1 this weekend. Uh, race starts about um, 11 o'clock Eastern time uh, on Sunday, 9 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Pacific. I'm not sure what it would be European time. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> Wherever Bahrain is, it's late at night because it's always a night race. Oh, it's always so. been a night race. It's gonna. It looks amazing, and I cannot wait to see those cars under the Me lights. Me too. I just Me can't too. wait to see racing. racing. Um, yeah, I know. But after that, 
NASCAR's this weekend is going to be so cool because they're doing a dirt race on the top series for the first time since 1970. So they're going to have 40 cars line up at Bristol, which is normally like a, a bumping and banging racetrack, driving in the dirt for 200 laps. Uh, that's going to be on Sunday as well. I cannot wait to watch those. that one. That one's going to be crazy. NASCAR is in dirt. Yeah. Uh, like the, the trucks have done dirt before. Well, every, yeah, that, but that's... That's synonymous. You think about yeah, trucks, trucks and, dirt. and dirt. That's we, we live in the prairies. We all know about trucks and dirt. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's like getting out to my buddy's farm and racing trucks in the cornfield yeah. type, <laughs> type of stuff. But NASCAR and yeah. dirt, dang, that's that is going to be exciting, and it's going to be neat to kind of hear about it in the recap show. Yes, recap show. We'll have that out on Tuesday. Kind of recap the F one race. There's also an F two race this weekend as well. They've got. An interesting format this year where they're going two sprint races, I believe, and one feature race because there's no F3, F2, F1 in the same race weekend. So um, we'll have the form of the two, which is, of course, the junior series to F1. So we'll have the recap of that, Recap if there's anything huge out of it. Formula 1, quick mention on NASCAR as well. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention there, Mitch? I don't think so. Just thanks for tuning in, getting through it with us. First episode, <laughs> lights out and away we go, as Crofty would say. That's the title of this episode. And really, if you have any thoughts, comments, yeah, don't be afraid to share. Yeah, we. Uh, you can send us an email. Oh, so, yeah. so it's the A-E-H Racing Podcast at gmail.com. Beautiful. All right. Um, That's a wrap. That is a wrap. Enjoy your race weekend. <laughs>